I honestly think, Jesse, we're not going back to traditionalism anytime soon. There's there's only five ways that we'll get there. And if you'd let me, you know, if you'd like to know, I'll tell you. Tell me. Uh, number one, you'd have to have war, World War Three. Welcome to the Father State. I am Jesse Peterson. The Father State is on Patreon. So click the Patreon link in the description to support our work. And I absolutely appreciate it. And thank you all who have already and is supporting those who are about to do it as I'm speaking. Very interesting guest today. I have with me Coach Greg Adams. He is a YouTuber and the author of The Free Agent Lifestyle and The Evolution. Coach Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely, Jesse. Good to see you. Yeah, happy White History Month. Did you know? Uh, did you know that uh, July is White History Month? I've, I've only known that from your show, oh, watching your show and your theme song, and I know that it's White History Month. And, and, and July just feels white, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it is. I start with Fourth of July. I would assume. So. That's right. It's yes. summertime, vacation time, relaxing time. Yeah. Hot dogs and hamburgers and Fourth potato of July. chips. It doesn't get any whiter than that. <laughs> <laughs> so you are a coach, Coach Gray Adam, and on your YouTube channel, what is a, a coach and how did you become one? Well, the name Coach Greg Adams came because I was a former college basketball coach. Oh, so okay. I coached high school and basketball coach, and that was the name of the channel that had basketball drills and fitness drills, and then I changed the con of the channel and never changed my name. So it just still remained Coach Greg Adams. Nice. And um, what is a free agent lifestyle? What does that mean? And what do you do to make that happen? Well, free agent lifestyle came from just giving men options to to, to basically navigate the world. Uh, Most men are told what to do. And then, of course, they run into some roadblocks or that lifestyle might not fit them. And this gives them some open options to think about applying to their life. And so it is the men's guide to peace, quiet, and freedom, which I think are the essentials that men are chasing, peace, quiet, and freedom. Right. And what is the reason that most men don't already have peace and freedom? Why don't they already have it? Yeah, They should already have it. And a lot of times you try to incorporate other people and uh, you're hoping that that ensures you some peace. Um, and ensures you a little bit of freedom. But um, of course, we're dealing with, you know, the fallen state. We're dealing with some people who have have not been trained to deliver peace to you. And so these people corrupt your life or they distract you from your purpose. And so we try to get men to understand to build that first before you bring other people in. Otherwise, your life could be chaotic quickly. And how do do you you were only with men or men and women? Well, women watch my show, but a small only a small population of women watch the show. I think the lifestyle or the 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 idea is to basically I think for men, men discover that they have these options a little late in life. So I get more men involved in this, but we do have women watch. And what uh, what are the complaints of most men? Most men don't know. Uh, a lot about the marital laws. They don't know a lot about the things that happen until it's too late. They don't know about female manipulation. They don't know about uh, the laws that are um, going to restrict them access to their children. And and what, when they go through those, they have a discomfort about it. 
they have a, a, a reaction about it that they don't know what to do with their lives. And then I take them and I say, well, this is how you repair your life. Open up these options to your life, learn how to travel by yourself, learn how to build yourself. And then you might be able to either go back to that life with a better negotiation point, or you can just leave those lifestyles all to themselves and just be free. And so what type of things do men ask you about? Do you do one-on-one counsel or just go yeah. around speaking? I do speaking. You know, I did uh, spoke at the 21 convention, right. spoke at the Conference of Excellence. And then, um, so I do that and I do one-on-one coaching and then I make YouTube videos. So you'd be amazed. I know, you know, Jesse, and I met you in person in Orlando. I right. know, you know, the amount of men that are looking for advice. They're looking for direction. And a lot of times they're misguided and they're promised things and it doesn't deliver. So men are wondering just about uh, mate selection. They're learning about how to get out of a bad situation. They're learning how to get custody of their kids, even though the mother is not allowing them access to the kids. They're learning how to even go to the movies by themselves. They're like, how do I do it? Where do I go? I don't want to embarrass myself. So I bring a different varies of life, different variations of life, no matter if the guy's single, divorced, married, or not, many men don't have multiple options to deal with life, so they're misled. So some guys are embarrassed to go to the movies by themselves? They're, they're afraid to do anything by themselves. They're afraid to travel by themselves, buy a ticket. Uh, they're afraid to go to the beach by themselves, or they're afraid of the stigma of what that might bring to them, because maybe society might say, well, that guy's a lonely, or you know what they call him, a pervert, or he's a loner, or he's dangerous if he's by himself, so they don't want to appear that way. They want to appear that they have uh, influence over women. And they might say, I'm going to go on vacation and I'm going to bring a female friend with me. Well, that often doesn't help them when they get there. And they often will find a lot more peace and quiet if they took themselves as opposed to taking other people that they, you know, really don't need to be there. I've never had an issue with going to the movies by myself. I, if there's a movie I like, I'll go and kick back and have some yeah. popcorn and raisinets and just enjoy myself. I didn't know that men were embarrassed to go to the movies by themselves. Well, the funny thing is you go to the movies. I say nobody sees you other than when you're in the line buying popcorn. So right. you just simply go in there and it's it, you're in the dark. But a lot of people don't know how to really do it. So I suggested them. I say, go to a mat day. Go, don't go at Friday night at 730 p.m. If you're concerned about being looking like a loner. So I'd say. Go at a matinee, go Sunday night matinee where there's very few people there and then you can enjoy the movie and then you can have the rest of the day by yourself. Most men today are slap makers and most <laughs> women are slats. And, and yeah. Would you agree to that? I would agree to that. Yeah, are you yeah. a slap maker? Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm a slut maker, but um, there is a participation in the debauchery. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And so because I'm black and slow, does that mean you're a slut maker? <laughs> uh, what it would mean is uh, I, I have uh, a group of women that uh, probably do help me succeed and uh, do monkey double backflips all over the coach. Really? No, and I so- don't know about that. But what <laughs> happens eventually, what happens is the, the culture right now is a little bit open. So we try to get guys to understand the, the dangers of participating fully in it. And the ultimate goal is not being a slut maker, uh, Jesse. I don't want to be a slut maker. I don't want to be known as that. What I want to be known as the, a guy that guides guys uh, on the right direction. Right. But you can enjoy a little bit something here and there, Coke, right? You got to enjoy a little bit of something. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying that it's okay to have sex before marriage? Um, listen, I don't set the rules, Jesse. I mean, I wish I would be able to set the rules. I mean, if we're guiding 
if we're guided by, you know, spirituality and religion, it probably would be best if all people do not do that. But that's not what we're doing. We're doing a direct opposite of that. Right. And, right. and do you, uh, are you married? Uh, I'm divorced. Oh, oh, good. Well, not good, but okay. Yeah, what happened? Mom? Yeah. You, you well, have, it's good now. It's good now. You have children? I do have two children, yeah. Amazing. And so are you with them? Uh, part-time, 50-50. Oh, so nice. To, you know, the, the government gave me 50-50. They, I, I won, I guess. And, I don't know. And, and do you have to fight the mother on visiting them? And does she try to tell you how to do it, when to do it, and uh, all that kind of stuff? No, nah, I went through the courts, and it was a knockdown drag out. So, but I never negotiated with her, and that's one of the things I tell men. No, never negotiate with a terrorist. So all of my fight was in the court. And once I got what I got from uh, the courts, then I was able to have, you know, free free range of how I raised the kids on my time, which uh, it doesn't really work. It's not really healthy for the kids, but it is what right. it is. So let me ask, when guys ask you, should they have sex before marriage, what do you tell them? I don't discourage that, no. You don't tell them not to do it? I don't tell them not to do it. And why not? Um, Because then that would probably limit their options severely if that's what they wanted to do. I mean, if they are looking for a woman that would have the, the same qualities, then they're going to miss out. They're going to miss out on the boat. Meaning that if they were looking for a woman who were willing to have sex out of wedlock? No, meaning if they were, say, I told them to not have sex out of, uh, out of or sorry, yeah, told them to abstain. Right. Right. And they wanted to meet a woman who was doing the same thing. I would say you're probably not, you're going you're gonna to miss the boat. All right. So if you're looking for a virgin, if you're looking for somebody who um, hasn't had sex out of wedlock, you're, you're going to miss the boat and you'll be waiting till forever. Which is best or right is to wait until marriage or before marriage. Um, if you're if you're looking for a partner to have the same thing, it would be best. It would really? be best. I mean, I think I think I look at it like this. I mean, if you look at if you look at um, some of the teachings of spirituality, they tell you the negative effects of having that. In, in your long-term partnership. So if your long-term partner has been what we call a 304, um, if she's been a 304 and she's been ran through more times in the Holland Tunnel, I can guarantee you that it's going to be uh, probably not beneficial to your marriage and she's going to want to return back to the streets. And if you came in and you haven't had the sexual experience, more than likely she's going to run back to the streets and be a 304 once, once again. So you gotta, you're going to lose if that's the way you do it only for yourself and you don't seek that out in your partner. When you say partner, you mean like another man or another woman? Oh, absolutely not, Jesse. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Well, don't You're only say, talking about so yeah, yeah. Bar, don't say partner. Gonna, you're making me nervous. Oh no, 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 no. Partner's gonna be. Uh, oh, that's male what the homosexuals say. Partner. We yeah, say girlfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Girlfriend, boyfriend. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't deal with. Uh, I don't. I don't advise that type of partnerships because I only know. Right. I can only teach what I know. That's right, yeah. and so. Just to be clear, is there anything wrong with having sex before marriage? I don't, in this day and time, no. And what do you mean by this day and time? I think, um, you know, the way things exist today are not how they existed yesterday and even 10, 15, 20 years, maybe 50 years ago. So um, I think that in terms of a morality issue, I can't say that there's anything wrong with that, no. And so when you say in this day and time, do you mean the same values that apply years ago Mm. doesn't apply now, don't apply now? Not now, no. I think we're too far off the rails for this at at this point. I mean, we're we're headed to a total collapse at this point 
but, of the marketplace. So it's it's going to be difficult to get it back on. But isn't that reason we are headed down here because the people have turned away from the values? True. It's absolutely true. Yes. And yep. so do you try to encourage them to go back to the values? That would be nice if we could. And that do, would be nice if we could. But then you're going to have a lot of frustrated men if you have just the men go back to values and the women don't follow. But you can't get women to follow these days. But women, I mean, will, follow, women will follow uh, alpha male, but not a beta male. Yeah, and there's too many beta males out here. So if you're, it, it, and what we know is this, what we know, Jesse, is that the alpha males are getting sex no matter what. Not a lot of alpha males are abstaining. If the alpha males abstain, then they will follow. But the alpha males are, you know, make up 20% of men. And 20% of men are having open sex with 80% of women. So That's horrible. Um, yeah, well. How, well, you fix it. It's, it's a tough fix for them because then you're telling 80% of men to abstain, and that's just going to create frustration. Should a man look for a woman? Should he look for a woman? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I've been taught that we should look and chase and approach and all of those things, but I think, um, I think most of the time the man that you create yourself to be, the byproduct of that is good woman. And when you say you don't think he should look, how would he get a woman if he doesn't look for one? Well, the, the thing I was saying that, you know, the lifestyle that you create, the life that you make, your accomplishments, your, your confidence, all of that stuff creates um, an aura about you that women are going to be attracted to. So then by that particular point, you'll be able to select or the, the people that you will be looking for will, will want to qualify for you. And it'll be a little bit easier but then you get a chance to select from a group of people who are presenting themselves to you. But I think if you go look for it, most of the time, um, most of the time you're not going to find what you're looking for. If you don't complete the person that you need to be. And what does the average man tell you that he's looking for in a woman? Well, man, that could range. It can range. Cause I think guys are pretty con- inconsistent on what they want from a woman. I think, you know, we talk about how women do double talk. Men do the same thing. Men, Men would love a woman who has a, a nice body, a nice shape, big, you know, big, ample chesticles. They would love all of that. But what ends up happening is they like that for the moment. And then when they go out to the world, they don't want her to show that to the rest of the world. So now you got a problem because you want a freak in the streets or a freak in the sheets and then a nice lady in the streets. And it doesn't work that way. And I think men are ultimately confused at what they actually want from women. They, they, they really don't know. So when they when they tell you what they're looking for, what do they say they're looking for? Uh, most of them are going to say low body count. All right. Uh, a woman that has not been ran through more times than the Holland Tunnel, a woman that has uh, submissive uh, qualities, a woman that listens, a woman that's cooperative, uh, a woman that will allow him to lead. Should a man date a woman or marry a woman who already have a child or children? No. Uh, well, he can, he, I don't know. Well, date would be a waste of time. Uh, he could probably mate with her or practice mating, but Mary, absolutely not. And why not? I don't think any man, I don't think any man, uh, with, especially a man without children under the age of 40 should never even consider dating or marrying a woman with children because he's, he's, he's going to waste all of his energy and his resources, which we call meat over here, his money, energy, attention, and time. He's going to waste it on someone in someone else's DNA that he gets no benefit from ultimately when he can create the life that he needs from him, himself, learn, and then have a woman that doesn't have children. But if you're from the black community, 
the, the odds of you finding a woman without children is slim to none and slim just died. So if you're a black male and you strictly are dating black women, your odds are limited. Amazing. Um, and so should a man move in with a woman without being married to her? No, and I don't w- think so. And why not? I think the, I think there's no benefit from it. I think ultimately, um, you know, the, I think the longer you go along with that, the probably he's not going to want to marry her. I mean, he's going to see, he's going to get, I guess he's going to, what's going to, what's going to be revealed to him. He'll probably least likely want to marry her and he'll end up stringing her along and it's going to be frustrated, but I don't think it's going to be any benefit. That, actually, Jesse, one of my principles are no cohabitation with women. All right. So, um, you know, one of the tenets that I teach is just avoid cohabitating with them. Cause ultimately, um, you know, she's going to distract you from becoming a man that you need to be. Should a man date, an older woman. I don't see what benefit there would be to date an older woman. If you're a younger man, no, I don't see what any, now, obviously he's going to, what older women are going to do, Jesse, they're, they're basically going to uh, lead with sex. They're going to flood him with sex and it's going to be easier uh, for him to get sex from an older woman than a younger woman. So he's obviously going to go over there and set a precedent. He's going to say, I prefer older women, but if he does go with her, He's setting her up because she knows how to ultimately manipulate him. And that's through his lower head. And eventually is going to be a mismatch. It's a mismatch for younger men to really consider dating older women. Should a man date more than one woman at a time? Sure. Yeah. And, and why? I mean, it increases his options in terms of, uh, uh, you know, there's people that have a philosophy says there's competition anxiety. Women will particularly perform better for you over a longer period of time as long as she knows there's competition. And uh, I think that to be true. You're going to get better cooperation from her if there is if there are other bull in the ring. All right. Or if there's other people that she considers to be competition. And but she, uh, and the she, minute you restrict that, the minute you limit that, it's over. Amazing. And, and and should he be having sex with all these women at the same time? When I say the same time, not the same day, but why well, he could at the these- same day, Jesse, he could at the same day. Why not? But what I say, what I mean ultimately is if, if he, um, if, if he's having sex with multiple women at, at a time, I just think that that's how he's biologically created. But he would be a slap maker, real big slap maker there, right? Well, he's just qualifying him. I don't think he's making sluts. I mean, you know, he's just qualifying <laughs> Uh, and should all these women know that he's dating other women? Absolutely. They should know. I mean, it would be in his advantage to what I tell guys is to be upfront with women. Anytime you're dealing with women and you're upfront, you give, you put the onus back on them to make a decision. I never encourage guys to lie or hide information from women because ultimately that's how you get your tires flattened. That's how you get bricks thrown through your window. That's how you get your car keyed. Uh, you don't want to be in that situation with women because that leads, that doesn't lend to a peace, quiet, and freedom lifestyle. You want to let them know that you're open and available and you're holding auditions for her spot. Um, what would, what would be the purpose of dating more than one woman at a time? Um, the purpose would be whatever fulfillment you need. I mean, I, I think if you limit yourself to the one woman, I think it get, it puts the leverage back on to her oh, and okay. she can be uncooperative. She can, she can do whatever you need. She can, she can do the things that you're not wanting her to do and she, and she'll get away with it. But isn't that a sign of the man being out of control? If he dated more woman, more than one woman 
at a time and having sex with all these women, isn't that a sign that he's a weak man? I don't think so. And why not? I don't think that's a weak quality. I think that's um, because there's been men before that um, have been very strong personalities that have had multiple women in his life and they were complicit. They complied and he was able to actually, he was able to actually get what he needs from those multiple women, as opposed to getting very little from one woman. Wouldn't that become, uh, you know, sex is like a drug, right? Yeah. And so men are like drug addicts and women are, Sex dealers. That's right. So if the woman is a sex dealer, she would be controlling the attic. And that's why one would never be enough. Yeah, but I think one woman is a dangerous drug dealer because then she can restrict access to it or make you perform for it. Or she can pinch like a drug dealer would pinch. Basically, once she has you addicted to the drug, then she can give you less of it and you paying the same price or more for less of it. So I think you give it, you give women a little bit more of a, they're become a dangerous drug dealer because they know you're only getting it from her. And then she can tap out the resource and say, well, you know, if you do a little bit more or give me a little bit more for the same thing I've been giving you, it doesn't put them in an advantage. It puts them at a disadvantage. What's the purpose of dating men and women dating? Wow. Shoot. I mean, it's changed over the years. I think at first, because women had a restricted amount of men that in, they can access the purpose was to find, a long-term partner or husband. We're going to say a husband and a wife. Thank that you. would be the original person, not partners, right? We're right. going to say husband and wife. But that was the original purpose. Now, uh, I think we've lost the sense of purpose because we have so much choice on, out there on what to do. Why don't you teach the men to go back to the original purpose as that works better? It does, but I think now once you tell the men to go there, what about the, what about the so-called sluts? All right, what about the women that they're eventually going to want? He's just going to watch her ride the cock carousel and you're going to be sitting out on the side uh, and then you're accepting leftovers. I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to put men in that position because ultimately they're going to be frustrated. Really? I don't, I don't want frustrated men out here. Amazing. Um, amazing. Should a man seek pleasure? Yes. I mean, it shouldn't be his main purpose, but yes. And why should he seek pleasure? Period. Well, it depends on what the pleasure is, but I think uh, men are have the onus of being providers and builders and leaders that he somehow has to have an outlet uh, to or a reward, an outlet or a reward, as opposed to always trying to build and provide and lead. So, yeah, the pleasure could be anything. It could be through sex, but I think, like you said, it could be addictive, but um, men could use hobbies to be uh, to get pleasure. They could use well, the pursuit of money. Whatever it is. Uh, isn't it true that every time man has sex, he's dying? I've heard that. Yes, I've heard that. I'm not sure if it's true, but uh, I've heard some people talk about that. Like uh, you're losing you're losing your energy. Uh, yeah, you give your life away, you die. Right. I mean, I can see that. I can see that. I don't know if I believe it 100%, but I, I'm, I'm open to listen to more of it. Yeah. Are, you, are you a pleasure seeker through sex? Yeah, I would say most of my sex is for sport. It's for pleasure? For sport and pleasure, yes. And what do you mean by sports? Sport sport would be I'm doing it just to uh, achieve something or fun or an outlet or an exercise or activity. It's what? not to connect to a person. It is not to uh, <laughs> to better out or anything. It's just for sport. What the? <laughs> <laughs>
Sex for sport. That's where you are right now. And why why are you seeking pleasure? What do you mean when you're seeking pleasure through sex? What does that mean? Um, I'm looking just to have fun through the situation. There's there's nothing more. I'm not trying to marry the woman. I'm not trying to see how good she is at it. Uh, I'm just trying to get an outlet. And and um, what is wrong with you that you need pleasure? I don't think anything's wrong with you. I mean, well, I mean, we can't be we can't be robots out here. You know, we we can't be. I mean, you can if you'd like to. Uh, there's men that actually figured out to be monks and and not achieve pleasure and just separate themselves from women and they've been very successful at it. So it is a lifestyle, but I don't think I'm at that point in my life. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to need an outlet. And why do you need pleasure? Why do I need pleasure? Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, I'm a hard worker, Jesse, man, you know, I've written books. I'm doing an interview with Jesse Lee Peterson out here. <laughs> and for the most part, you know, I'm working 16 hours a week, 17 hours a week. It takes, I don't have a team yet like you, but so at some point I'm going to have to get a team, but, I have to do all this stuff by myself, so I have to have an outlet sometimes. And so after this interview, you're going to go in and seek some pleasure through sex? Uh, I do have a roster of women who do monkey double backflips on the coach. So at some particular <laughs> point, it will be somebody who's going to give me access to oh that peace leave or something, something like that. So, How many women are you having sex with right now? Uh, I'm not having sex with nobody right now. I'm talking to you. But, I'm talking uh, about after, I'm you know, like every day and night. Every day and night? I mean, it could... It could differ. I mean, listen, I in this culture, Jesse, you can have somebody lined up every day. But for me, like uh, there could be a week where I've I, I've I see five women. All right. But Whoa. I might not have sex with all five of them. How but, many uh, days in a week? There's seven days in a week. Oh, so you rest on the seven. Six I, I rest seven on whatever day. You know, I try to do <laughs> middle of the week to give them a rest. You know, what would I mean? happen to you if you didn't have sex? Nothing. How do you know? Cause nothing happens. I mean, nothing happens. Like if there's nobody that shows up, I actually just do more work. Amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. You wrote, um, you have a video that I saw a part of last night on S testing. I can't say the word S H dot dot T. Yeah. What is S testing? Uh, it's basically a form of, uh, manipulation that women use. And when I say manipulation, it's not a malicious manipulation. It is just her testing you out. It's a, it's a way for her to test her boundaries with you, how much she can get away or how much you like her. So she could, she's going to take you through a series of events that um, are, are basically going to qualify you. Or if she has insecurities, it's basically going to tell you where she is in a relationship. Like what can you give, are you able to think of um, an example, a couple of examples of what they do, what the women do when they're testing a man? Yeah, uh, the easiest ones, they'll have a, uh, you know, they'll have like a silent treatment would be a SHIT test, what you call here. Or do I look fat in this dress? I mean, it, it would be an obvious situation where you win or lose. Ultimately, when she's S testing you, you win, you, you know, you don't win. You basically win by not playing in the S testing. But for the most part, she's going to take you through a series of events where you are pigeonholed. Do I look fat in this dress is the SHIT test. Well, obviously, if you believe you look fat in this dress, lady, you're fat in the dress. But if I say you're fat in the dress, then I lose out and then she can do the silent treatment and continue to manipulate me. Well, I'm not talking to you. And how dare you? And how did see that? That's a loss. But if I say, no, honey, you look fine in that dress, obviously, then I lied to her and she knows I lied to her. And now she's going to be able to say you're a liar. So it's almost like they paint you into this corner. But it's basically what children with breasts do. They, they SHIT test you to 
figure out your spot or to gain an advantage over you. So with that example, a man, a woman asking to do a little fat in a dress, should the man tell the truth or should he lie? Well, you, I would say you would tell her the truth. All right. That, that would be the only way to do it. Oh, and okay. then at least then she can't call you a liar. So I think if she's, if, if she's able to prove that you lie to her, then it's going to be hard for her to like that. She says, uh, you know, you tell her I'm going out to dinner with my boys. She's going to say, well, you're a liar. You're going to say, I'm not a lie. Well, you lied to her in other situations where you tested her. So you don't want to be a liar at, at all times. And do men do the same thing to women? Well, not exactly the same thing, but do they do the SHT test to women? I don't, I don't think so. But men do manipulate women. So, yes, I don't think they SHIT test them, but they do manipulate them. See, SH, the, the testing that women do, it's, on, it's a constant. And it's almost to the point of harassment and terrorism. Men don't do it at, at the great length to call it S testing. So I wouldn't qualify it. But men do manipulate women, obviously. And uh, women might disagree with my statement about them not testing them. And you said that there's something called the nuclear SHT test, testing. Mm-hmm. What is the nuclear testing? Well, that's where she's going to really drop the bomb on you, where she might say something like, well, she might say something like, I'm not happy. And I call it the I'm not happy, which basically <laughs> is going to put you in a situation where you have to figure out how to make her happy or tell her to kick rocks. Now, most guys immediately try to make her happy. All right. What is it, honey? What do I need to do? Uh, what, where do I need to do for you? And then she'll come up with stuff. Oh, you need to help around the house a little bit more or, or mow the lawn a little bit more, whatever it's going to do to benefit her. And then it's basically she's giving you the indication that she's going to blow it up. All right. I'm not happy means there's another bull in the ring or I want to test out my marketplace value or I want to go to girls nights out or I want to do something like that. So when you get to the nuclear level, your relationship's over. And when you hear I'm not happy, you basically tell her to kick rocks. Amazing. <laughs> what? <the? laughs> um, um, so what do you think about? So let me just ask about this free agent lifestyle. Yep. A man got uh men's guide to peace, quiet, and freedom. Tell me once again, what is that exactly? Yeah, the free agent lifestyle is an opportunity for men to to pursue what pursue their happiness, pursue pursue their pleasures over women. And it's basically another strategy to raise your marketplace value out here, or at least live the life for yourself. Men are trained to do uh, life and give to others. And we should be happy just giving up a lot of things that we produce in this world. And that's how we've been brought up. We told, we're told that there's a reward in that. Well, that's changed because the, that because traditionalism has changed and women have changed, they become more progressive. And so if a guy leads that way, he's going to take a big loss. And we we're learning that in the family court. Ultimately, you got to pay for the woman. So we're teaching guys, look, I know what men want. They want peace, quiet, and freedom. But a lot of times they also want women. But, uh, but if they don't have a good negotiation point, meaning they haven't built up their lives, they're going to get low-quality women. And low-quality women are going to lead to a very miserable lifestyle for men. So does peace come from within or does it come from external conditions? Yeah, I think it comes a little bit of both. So the free agent lifestyle is going to teach you to pursue peace from within, and then it's going to be able to help you select partners that are going to bring more peace uh, to you, as opposed to a bitter, vindictive um, woman 
who doesn't know or hasn't been trained to bring peace to men. Amazing. Have you heard of MGTOW? Yes, I heard of MGTOW, yep. And it means that men going their own way, they're like done with women, I believe. Am I right about that? They're done well, they're, with women? They're done to an extent. They're done to. They're done with traditional relationships. Meaning that they're just out there being slut makers? Um, they could be slut makers or they could be a monk. They could completely go their own way. That, that, that's the beautiful thing about MGTOW is there's no defining rule that they live by. Every person is going to be different. Have you ever coached with men who are in that movement? Yes. Really? Yep. And then what caused them to become a MGTOW? Oh, man, it could be a variety of things. It could be that they're ugly or it could be that um, they got divorced or it could be that a girlfriend broke their heart or broke up with them or cheated on them. Or it could be that they haven't been successful in relationships. There's a there's a variety of reasons of why uh, a guy would choose that. But the, the point of it is it gives them an option as opposed to saying, OK, I have less than or I'm less than or I got divorced or I'm homeless what do I do then? And they get an answer in MGTOW. They get an answer. They get a direction. Well, live life for yourself. Okay. That works out. Would you recommend that? Living life for yourself? I would recommend it for a a lot of men. Yeah. A lot of men are not ready to deal with traditional relationships today. I would tell them, don't even try. You're going to frustrate the hell out of yourself if you tried this. When you say uh, traditional relationship uh, today, were there a time where relationship was better than they are today? Well, we assumed that they were better, but we could be wrong. I mean, I, I didn't grow up. I mean, I was born in the 70s, so uh, we didn't see the single mother rate as it was today. We're close to 50% single mothers nationwide. We're close to 80% in the black community. And I know it wasn't that high when I grew up. So if that's better, that's better. But I also saw a lot of domestic violence. I saw a lot of abuse in marriages and relationships, even in those so-called better days. And, uh, you know, we just assume that they're better because we have revisionist history. We can go back and say, oh, in the 50s or the 40s or the 20s or the 1880s. Look, man, I mean, we just don't know. But I think today we have seen a progressive deterioration of traditional relationships. But shouldn't we be pointing men back to the original Way, the best yeah. way. Yep. But when you're telling them to have sex out of wedlock and just do what they want, that's not pointing them back to the original way. Well, the original way um, would require would require the other side to simply basically say, yeah, we're going to do it too. But I don't think we're going to have that. I honestly think, Jesse, we're not going back to traditionalism anytime soon. There's There's only five ways that we'll get there. And if you'd let me, you know, if you'd like to know, I'll tell you. Tell me. Uh, number one, you'd have to have war, World War Three. All right. You would have to have complete breakdown where multiple countries are fighting themselves. Number two, you'd have to have a uh, financial collapse of epic proportions. All right. We got very close to that. We're basically basically living close to that right now where we printed 23 percent of our money. Uh, that in the history of this country, we're close to an economic co- collapse of epic proportion. Number three, we'd have a religious awakening where we would see the son of God himself parting the clouds and you would have no choice but to return to traditionalism. Um, number four, you would have massive immigration or and or terrorism. They would have to have people come in and overtake the people who had so-called so-called leadership or authority. You would have to have that condition. And number five, uh, you would have to have um 
really you probably have to have a plague or some sort of sexual transmitted disease that takes over. And uh, that would force people to be traditional. Like if you had a massive STD or a plague, which we kind of have now, uh, most people would have to retreat back to the house and then you would have traditionalism reborn. Other than that, Jesse, which, which we're getting close. I don't see traditionalism coming back. Really? Amazing. So, uh, let me just ask about politics. And uh, are you a conservative or liberal? I'm way massively conservative, right? In yeah. what way are you conservative? Um, I have conservative tendencies in terms of quality of life. Uh, quality of life. I'm I'm a traditionalist. So, uh, although I teach men, hey, try to find a different way of life, I would think the best quality of life is traditional. If you're raising children, the best quality of life for them would be a two-parent household. So I believe in that. Um, there's other things I'm very conservative about. Uh, uh, freedom of speech, amendment number one and amendment number two. I think we need to preserve those things. And uh, I'm not greatly uh, supportive of people who take handouts or vote based on handouts. I'm not, I'm not a big proponent of that because I think eventually they don't know that there's collateral damage from just one person receiving handouts. They actually ruin multiple homes by one person taking handouts. So when I look at that, I say I'm more conservative than liberal. And did you vote for the great white hope? Yeah, I did vote for the great white hope. Yeah. Right on. For those yeah, who don't know Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it was an, it was a no brainer, Jesse. I mean, yeah. you had Hillary Clinton on the other time side of the ticket. I was definitely not going to vote for a feminist. It was too easy. Uh, do you believe that racism exists? Um, not as we're told, but yes, there's, there's racism, but and, not as we're told it to be. No. And what does racism look like? Um, racism could look like, uh, ignorance. It could be ignorance. I think a lot of times we waste too much attention on low class racism or racism that doesn't affect all black people. It might affect the lower brand of lower in economic or class of black people, but not the upper class. And there's racism that might affect the upper class, not the lower class. So, you really got to decipher what it really is or any of that. But I don't, I think it's far blown out of proportion, um, although it exists, but it's blown out of proportion. And where is the proof that racism exists? Well, you couldn't have any proof unless the racist announced themselves. Right. So racism would be, uh, what do you call it? I guess it, you could, to me, I think people blame a lot of things, their failures, their lack of pursuit of things, their lack of vision. They'll blame that on racism, which I don't agree. But uh, there could be some people who harbor race, racist feelings, but you can't prove it. And so where to prove then that racism exists if you can't prove it? You only can prove it if the racists announce themselves, right? So if I do something to you intentionally and then I say it's because of your race, there's, there's examples of that. There's, there's small examples of that. But, um, but that never happens. You don't hear anyone says, uh, uh, well, now you're hearing it from the blacks to the whites, but you don't hear yeah. Yeah. Anyone said I'm I'm mean to you because you're racist. I well, mean your race. Well, so you you you're saying racism doesn't exist, but then you gave the examples of blacks being racist to whites. So then it does exist. Well, the reason so, that racism doesn't exist, what is happening now is hatred exists. Right. And so the black hates the blacks hate the whites because mm-hmm. they're jealous of them. They the the whites are smarter. You know, they found and created the greatest country, and the blacks are incapable of doing that. And so rather than learning from the whites, they are, they are calling them names and, and, and lowering the standard of life so that they can feel better about themselves. 
Yeah, I don't agree with that. I, don't, I mean, I, if I see racism from blacks to whites, I call it out. If I see it from whites to blacks, I, I definitely call it out. I think there needs to be a repair of how black people approach life here in America or they need to choose another place to be. I just think uh, there needs to be a class distinction between blacks and, uh, and other blacks. I think a lot of times we take the lowest common denominator and then we paint all black people as that or all black people should be sympathetic because the lowest common denominator failed. I don't, I don't see other races of people doing that. And I'm trying to get other blacks to recognize that too. Well, uh, I think you hinder yourself when you do that. I've noticed that uh, no such thing as racism at all. It has mm-hmm. never existed, but mm-hmm. I've noticed that there's a, a warfare between good and evil, right versus wrong. Sure. And I noticed that the blacks, because they don't believe in God and they, mm-hmm. have, they don't have families anymore, they're very angry and hateful. And so it's just their hatred uh, toward the whites, but it's not racist. Yeah, uh, there is a lot of hatred. There's a, I think the lack of family in black community is devastating. It is the number one reason why the community is the communita at this particular point. And it's never going to get better until they, until, until they, until blacks, lower economic blacks figure that out. They have to come to some sort of way to not live with 80% single mother raised uh, son husbands, as I call them, eventually, because there's no repairing that. You can't have what you perceive to be what white people have if you have that and white people don't have that. It's just a simple solution. Have you noticed that even the upper, so-called upper-class black people are evil as well? Black mm. people don't have love. They're all, not all, not all, not all, but most are pure evil now. They're they are very destructive. They don't build. They destroy. They blame. They whine. And even the men are like the women. There is no sense of ability to do for themselves. Uh, you said the upper class blacks might have this too? Yeah, they all have because they are encouraging the, the blacks with no money, you know, the so-called lower class blacks. Mm. It's the upper class blacks who are encouraging them to blame someone else. Oh, I, t- I see what you're saying. Like the uh, celebrities and the rappers yeah. and all that. Type. Oh, yeah. I count it. Oh, well, I don't Oprah count them as upper class. and Obama. I don't count them as upper class. I count them. Those are actors. And I think wh- they're actors. Those aren't upper class blacks. Those are people who've been paid operatives, uh, MK, ultra mind control. These people are paid by a certain people to make these statements to be divisive. And what would you consider upper class black? Upper class back is somebody who was an entrepreneur, somebody who's built himself, somebody who's worked 40 years and now has worked uh, to keep his family preserved. Those are upper class blacks. Uh, celebrities aren't upper class to me. I think because most of the time a celebrity basically came from the dirt or they came from bad surroundings and built themselves up with the help of liberal minded people. Uh, those are upper class blacks to me. I don't consider celebrities or athletes upper class at all. Amazing. What do you think about this so-called critical race theory um it's more retaliation it's more of the ability of these these um these uh unions these teacher unions to get more power in order to manipulate yeah. uh to bring in new thoughts uh, you know I, I don't think it's something that should be we should now be focusing on teaching because they're just going to create division have you just al- create division have you always been a, a more conservative or were you liberal at one time uh when i was in high school because I was raised by a single mother. So when I was in high school, I was taught that the Democrats were our saviors, you know, and whites right. and conservatives were the evil and they wanted to take. And to a certain extent, conservatives 
they they are, they have a different approach significantly because they don't want to bring in socialism or communism or handouts. They are trying to force people to say, hey, you know, you get what you can when you can, um, if you put in the effort. And uh, but we're gonna get most of it. It's a it's a weird dynamic. I was taught, you know, Bill Clinton was my first presidential election. I was real excited, uh, you know, when that happened. You and voted for him? That, um, well, I didn't. I actually didn't vote, but that oh. was my first legal election where I could oh. have voted. Okay. So I, that was where I paid attention. Right. And it was uh, George Bush, Bill Clinton, and back then, raised as a a black liberal and a liberal minded mindset, it seemed like a great choice. But then when you go back and look and you reflect on what happened during those years, it did more black detriments uh, by having these administrations in. But you really can't tell people that um, because they don't want to see. When I was growing up, there was no such thing as racism. And I grew up in Alabama on a plantation. And at the time, they had the Jim Crow law. But the blacks at that time knew that the Jim Crow law were about blacks not being a part of the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. And so blacks in those days were Republican. I knew no no black Democrat. They were all Republicans. So it was never about race or racism. The blacks and the whites knew it was a spiritual battle, mm-hmm. a warfare between good and evil, because there were people who were returned to the father. They are of good. And there are those who Satan is their daddy and they are evil. And so they knew it was a spiritual battle. So where, where was your father? You were not raised by him. Uh, they were we were in the same city for a long time until I was 10. Then we moved. I moved out to the West Coast. But um, I know my father. It's not like I don't know him. He started another family. He got married and then he has another uh, family. They, you know, thrived and had five children after me. I was the oldest. And, you know, it, that's what it was. So I know my father I have a great relationship with him. You do and, now? Uh, he just wasn't around. What's you that? have a great relationship now or you always have one? I've always had a great relationship with him. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I've never considered him like he failed or he left me or I, none of that. Are you, you a just, Christian? Um, I grew up in the Christian church, but I wouldn't say that uh, I'm a Christian, no, because um, I'm too lukewarm to be a Christian, and I don't believe in lukewarm Christians. So, so you're not a Christian? No, I wouldn't say that today. I wouldn't identify it, no. If so, I'm filling out a paperwork, I wouldn't check the box. Do you believe there is a God? There is a spiritual spiritually about me, yes. I don't know if there, there is a one God, but I can't prove it. So do you believe there is a God? Could be a God. Could but be. but you don't believe there is? I believe there could be a God. But do you believe there is a God? I believe that there could be, yes. How about there is? Do you believe there is one? No, I can't be certain, no. It's kind of like racism. You can't prove it, so. So you can't prove there is a God? I cannot prove it, no. And can you prove there isn't a God? I cannot prove it, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Were you raised a Christian? I was raised a Christian, yes. What made you decide not to be one after a while? Um, Well, some of these black churches are most of the toxic places that you can ever grow up and put a kid in, that environment. And so uh, when you put kids in these environments and you see the debauchery, you see the hypocrisy, you see the gossiping, you see, you you know, you grow up as a man in these churches, which are very much matriarchal, and uh, you get put down and, and displaced and put in your place. You see all the monkey simps that are black men in churches. I knew it wasn't a place for me because I was too much of a man to be in those conditions. And so that's what made you decide not to be a Christian? Uh, No, not a Christian, but it definitely drove me away from the black church. What made you decide not to be a Christian? Uh, The Christians have become weak, man. The Christians have become weak. I think like I call them on my channel, lukewarm Christians. 
And they're so, lukewarm. They're cherry picking Christians. And so that's what made you decide not to be a Christian. Yeah, you don't. I mean, there's too much weakness. I mean, look at where we got now. But I mean, listen, I was I was raised in a church in the 80s. I'm looking at the lukewarm Christians and the cherry picking Christians now. I mean, they're basically spineless, weak, immoral, uh, bowing down to the woman, pedestalizing the woman. They're in the Jezebel spirit. They walk in the spirit of the little demons. They're over there. Uh, they're more uh, Samson than they are. Uh, any level of strength. I mean, the, the Christians need to be ashamed of themselves. I mean, they're, they're following down and they're bowing down and become the weakest people in this country. So you saw the weak Christians and you decided not to be one. I'm not going to be one of them. Now, I don't so, want to identify with weakness. No. And so why didn't you show the example of what a Christian was rather than stop being a Christian? Let's say you saw the weak ones mm-hmm. and you didn't like the weakness. Why didn't you show the example of a Christian rather than deciding not to be a Christian? It's not like you judge their weakness and you decide, I'm not going to be a Christian, instead of being a Christian and showing them what a Christian is like. Well, you know, I probably thought that uh, because I was a young person when I discovered all this, you know, growing up after 10 years, 10, 12 years looking at this on a daily basis, I probably decided that I didn't want to be that until they fixed their issues. Obviously it got, it's gotten worse. I mean, but uh, so at this point I figure maybe I start my own church and call it whatever it needs to be as opposed to joining them. So as a result of turning away from Christianity, are you a better person? Are you a better person now? I think so. I think so. Um, I'm more complete. Yeah. Really? Um, How can you be complete if you don't believe in a God? Well, you know, I mean, that's all perspective. I didn't say I didn't believe in them. I just said I can't prove that the God exists. But And so you know, how can you be a better person not knowing that God exists? Well, you know, if there's a spirituality about the thing, you know, I, I'm sure that it is God that is leading me. And and so, but you're not sure there is a God, right? How no, should, I'm not how, sure. No. So how can you be sure prove. that God is leading you? Well, you know, they, the, the, if there is a God and they put me in charge, he put me in charge. He selected me or he elected me. There's no way he's going to lead me astray. He's going to lead me right back to him. Right, Jesse? So you believe that there is a possibility of a God mm-hmm. and you believe that this possible God is leading you? Could be. Absolutely. I mean, do, I mean, you using me that? as a beacon of hope and light to, to, to educate the people, or at least call out the lukewarm Christians and get them set back on the right path. Do you think that God will use you to encourage men to be slap makers, to have sex with mm-hmm. different women and to have sex before marriage and all that? Could be. I'm not sure, because maybe there's a polygamous. Who knows? There, we, we don't know where we're going, Jesse. So I got to at least prepare my men to at least test out the marketplace. Amazing. Um, are women evil? Are women evil? Uh, they are tempted by evil. Yes, they're easily manipulated by evil. Yes. And so, you are they evil? They're weak to evilness. Yes, they're weak to evil. Absolutely. And so, they are evil. By virtue of that, yes. Do women have love? No. And why do you say no? They're selfish. In what way? They're selfish in the mindset of everything that they say that they're doing for you, they're really doing for themselves. And men have to figure that out. I mean, they're, they're self. I mean, they're saying that they are the, um, what the picture that women paint in our society is that they're the moral high ground of relationships and love. And many times what you're seeing is once you awaken everything that they are encouraging that you only benefits them. 
So your father and mother, they were Christian while you were growing up? Yes. Were they good example or bad example of Christians? I would say mostly good, mostly good. And so if they were good examples of Christians, why do you just follow them and stay with Christianity rather than turn it away from it because you saw other people being weak? Well, you know, I would say as a young man, you're you're searching for something to give you a little bit better indication of what is right and wrong. And you can get that from your parents. Your parents, your parents do a good job of influencing you up until your teenage years. But I think they call teenagers young adults for a reason It's because once they're teenagers, they're young adults and they can form their own opinions. And your parents have less influence on you uh, than they did when you were children. But if they were that good influence, how was it that another influence and take that away from you if they were good influence of Christianity? Yeah, man, I don't know, man. I think, uh, you know, we turn our children to the world. We turn our children over to the world, and that's where the influence tends to be. Um, so you're not sure there's a guy, so I would assume that, and I hate to assume, that you don't believe in the order of God, Right. I don't know what the order of God is. I don't know. The order of God is God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman and woman over children. You don't believe in that order. That sounds like a traditional order to me. So I'm going to go ahead and say I agree with that. You do agree with it? I would agree with that. Yeah. So if you agree with that, when you said that men should be having sex with all these different women, otherwise they won't follow them. But Mm -hmm. if the men were to return to the father and become Mm -hmm. right, the women will have no other choice but to follow the man, right? Follow the strong men, yes. And so if they're having sex with these women and seeking pleasure, then they're not strong. And if you're encouraging them to seek pleasure, you're encouraging them to be weak rather than strong. Well, I mean, I didn't say seeking pleasure was weakness. But so it, I, didn't, I didn't say it was weakness. I said it was essential. <laughs> <laughs> Which do you prefer, perfect peace or pleasure? That's a good question right there. What would I prefer, perfect peace or pleasure? Man, that's a tough one right there, but I'm going to go with perfect peace. And so why would you never find that in pleasure? Why not seek peace rather than pleasure? Pleasure. Well, peace is important. Peace is important, but, uh, you know, you also need a peace, if you know what I mean. (laughs) What? Nah. <laughs> You're also going to need a peace and, and some pleasure. So what I've been telling men for the last 30 years or so, 31 years now, is to, they must be born again of the father of God, right? Yeah. And so they need to overcome their mothers because all who are born of the mother are born in sin, right. meaning that they've been turned away from God by their mothers. Yep. And so they need to forgive their mothers and forgive their father for not protecting them from their mothers and return to their natural state of being, which is of God. And then they can leave. They will have perfect peace within. And then they wouldn't seek pleasure at all. And they can lead women in the right way to go. And then that order will restore itself that we had prior to the, to men falling away from God. I can agree with all of that. Yes. I think we've been definitely, uh, misled on who's the leader and influence. Yeah. So why not teach that. that rather than weakness? Well, I didn't say something is weak in particular. As a matter of fact, but having know, sex out of wedlock and having sex with number of women and, and all that stuff is a weakness. It's not strength. 
depends on your take on it. I I, I, I don't I don't see it as weakness per se. It can be weakness, yes. If it's mismanaged, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, is um, do you have anger? Not as much, no. Not so, as much these days, no. So do you have it? What's that? Do you have it? Do I have anger? Yes. No, not not these days, no. I mean, anybody's capable of anything, but most of my life is not filled with anger. No. But do you have it? I mean, everybody has. It. Yeah. How about you? I, was, <laughs> I love Jesse. I love Jesse. A hundred ways to ask the same thing, and uh, so there's anger in me. Yes, but so you, I don't so you do have anger. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. Yes. Yes. And did you know that any male that has anger is a female? <laughs> You're, you're great at you. Were you a lawyer before this? You're great at the. You're great at the questions, man. I tell you. I you know I um, never was a lawyer, but I did. I went to college for one year looking for a white woman, and uh, I took a, a, a law class, and it was amazing. I loved it. Yeah, well, you're great at. Uh, you'd be great at cross examination. I'm going to tell you that, and lead me right. You you lead people right to where you want them to go. So you're great at that, and I know that's because I've been watching you. And oh. I, I, I knew what to expect. So, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. did you know that in a male that has anger is a woman? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that, yes. And why is he a woman? Well, women lead by emotions. They make decisions on emotions. And if they uh, allow their emotions to be priority number one, you're a woman. And a lot of men who've been raised by single mothers, they're son husbands, meaning they have more woman in them than they do man. And those who've been raised by a man, a married couple too, a mother and father together, Yes. And if the father wasn't the head of his wife, the man, the, the mother would turn the boys into a woman. Absolutely. And so why don't you overcome being a woman? Well, I do overcome being a woman every day. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it, I mean, but the only way you're going to overcome is that you must go and forgive your mother for turning you away from your father. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, why yeah, haven't absolutely. you done that? You've heard me say that, I've done right? That. I've, I've done it, Jesse. I swear. To, I swear. I swear <laughs> to you. I've had this conversation with her. And what did I she asked, say? Um, she was offended, uh, more or less, but I think it didn't surprise her because she knows about my content. Right. So she knows what it is. And she's, you know, many times women will project or they want to admit that there were failings in raising their children. And, um, and you know, she would have to admit she, she was offended. Let's just say that was the first reaction, but she wasn't surprised based on what she's heard from me. What did you say to her? Well, I said what you said, what, which would you suggested, is that, you know, I asked you for forgiveness in the way I was raised. When I ask for forgiveness, for, but forgive her and God will forgive you. People, right, exactly. Human beings don't forgive. This we just true. apologize for being wrong, for having that anger. That's and true. God will forgive because it's a spirit. That's true. This is true. Yeah. Um, I got to put you on the... Oh, what's a man? A man. A man. A man is going to be a heterosexual being uh, that was born superior biologically. That's supposed to lead. It's going to be a man. And do you have love? Do I have love? There's love, yes. And what is love? Boy, what's the definition of love? The uh, I would say love is the ability to... Love is the ability to show other people that, that that they're a priority in your life. Is it possible at all, one iota at all, to become a man without returning to the father? 
It's possible, yes. How is that possible? Well, in my world, it's possible. <laughs> How? <laughs> uh, well, first, men, men need to learn what it is to be a man. I think men don't know what it is. And I think before you even get to that point of returning to the father, you have to know what a man is. So and, then, and, yes. And, 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 and in short, because of time here, what is a man? Oh, I think I, I mean, I no, yeah. You uh, said men have yeah. to learn to be a man. What is that? What is a man? Well, you have to have the qualities of leadership, the qualities of being able to deliberate, use logic, uh, be able to solve, be able to build uh, to whatever that extent of building is, not building a house, but be able to build, support your family and, and all those things. Yeah. Do you believe of ourselves we can do nothing? Without what? Of, uh, do you believe of ourselves we can do nothing? Of our Of ourselves we can do nothing? Right. Um, well, I'm not sure I understand really. Uh, we can't fix ourselves. There's nothing we oh, can see. do at all. Oh, there's no, I don't believe that. No, we can fix, we can. Yeah. I mean, it takes other people possibly. Yeah. But we can work on ways to fix ourselves. And so how you can know. you fix yourself? You have anger. How can you fix that? Um, I think when you understand, when you learn how to understand that's on the right way, understand whatever it is that you're, wherever you're broken. But can um, you have understanding without God? There could be, or he could be guiding you there. But how can you have understanding without God, period? Um, you can, I think it's possible, Jesse. <laughs> how I is it possible? possible? Understanding only comes from God. So how is it possible Maybe. to have it? That's, that's going to be you. That's where you are. But I think for, for a lot of men, before they even get there, they can arrive to understanding. But... Any or could be guided there. I can I can meet you halfway. They could be guided there by the Lord Himself, and He may not know it, but that understanding could come as a result. Do you believe of ourselves? We know nothing. Uh, initially, yeah, correct. We well, we know nothing, no, because yeah, we we are influenced to believe what we believe. And do you believe we're influenced either by good or evil? Yes, and so. I want you to know it's impossible to repair ourselves. We must return to the Father because mm-hmm. only God can make a man become a man. He's the one that caused you to become that way when we return to him. And likewise, for ladies, the only way they're going to become a woman is that they must return to the Father. And he will cause that to happen because we are a spirit created in the image of God. And our battle is a spirit to battle. And the more we try, the worse we get. True. I can agree with that. But so then it's not possible to, to know nothing or change yourself. Of yourself, you can do nothing. I'm not sure about that, but I, I, I agree with the majority of what you're saying, Jesse. I, so I, I got, I'm buying what you're selling, Jesse. I'm buying what you're selling. I got to oh. heat this up, this interview up, and I got to put you in the hot seat. Let's do it. So I need you to answer these questions as quickly as possible. All right. The hot seat. Will you celebrate White History Month with me? Sure, I'm in. Uh, is it wrong to be a white nationalist? No. Do you believe in white supremacy? No. Um, is sex love? No. Um, who has more privilege, black people or gay people? Gay people. Should pornography be illegal? Yes. Is it possible to have perfect peace? 
No. Was it, you said no? No. Amazing. Was it, was it a mistake to educate women? There's an argument for that, yes. <laughs> I would say to give them the right to vote, yes. That was a colossal catastrophe. Should women have the right to vote? No. Um, if heaven exists, will you go there when you die? Yes. Do human beings have a free will? Yes. Do you support abortion? No. Amazing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe, but no. Yeah. (laughs) What the? Did you have fun? Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you bringing me on, brother. I appreciate this, man. It was great. Absolutely. Thank you for taking on the hot seat there. Tell the folks how to get to your podcast and your books and all the things you're doing. Absolutely, man. Find me on YouTube at Coach Greg Adams. I got so many channels here. I can't even name them all, but uh, uh, also go on Amazon if you want to get the books, Free Agent Lifestyle and The Evolution. Go on my website. There's a free book, 52 Things That Men Should Know Before Even Considering Marriage. That's on my website, gregadams1.com. And then uh, find me on the Free Agent Lifestyle podcast, which is all over every podcast, Apple, Google, uh, SoundCloud, all of that stuff, uh, Anchor and Spotify. Are you able to say why you and your wife divorced? I would say, yeah, I could say it, yeah. Why why did she divorce you or you divorced her? Uh it was mutual, but uh I, I was the one that led it, initiated it. And I think it was because uh like most women, they find there's there's most women find a place where they're trying to test their marketplace value at the last point. They're trying to explore who they are. They've committed to a relationship, and then what happens is they want to see if there's the grass is green or on the other side. And she was in a point where she wanted to see that if that was going to be her life, but I wasn't ready to have that a part of my life. So I decided to kick rocks. So she cheated on you. She didn't. Well, I never can prove that she was doing something like that, but she was leading a life that could lead to that. Do you believe in living with more women than one at a time? Isaiah four and one. You will have more than one woman at a time in the same home. Um, I wouldn't encourage people to do it, but it's possible, yes. It's possible that you would do that? It could be. Well, not me. I don't think I would do it, but um, it's possible to be done, yes. So it's okay to do that? I think so. I mean, there's been precedent that that was more stable for society at some point, but it wouldn't be fair. You wouldn't recommend that, would you? I would not recommend it, no. Would you recommend guys not to do that? I would tell you not to do that. That would be foolish. Thank you, Coach Greg Adams, for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. Thank and you, thank you. happy White Hills tonight again. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. Don't forget to like, follow, ring the bell, hit the like button, uh, go to Patreon, and click on the link there in the description to support our work. Visit the store. Thank you for your financial support as well. I do appreciate you, folks. Have a good one. Next time on The Fallen State. There's an international organized effort to abolish the nation state of England. Uh, it's, it's a very small old place. Until the end of World War II, there wasn't a large amount of non-white immigration into Europe. It's just all of these driftless nomads of globalism. And it's just like, okay, but like, who are they? What happened to the whites? They're afraid to defend their homeland. There is a particular culture to the English-speaking world. They thought that everyone would buy into the process.
Protestant work ethic. It is what is called individualistic. And we should be more aggressive by saying, no, we don't have tyrants. You do. You learn how we work. Look at what the Democrats are doing in America right now. Your country is under siege from within. You love your father? More than anything. Best man I ever met. I rest my case. This has been the best conversation I've ever had. watching the fallen state we need your continued support donate to my nonprofit here subscribe and like the videos here and tell everybody and their mama about the show You know when they take their microphone off? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you had it very well. Thank you for that. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All, All right. right, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. Man.